0: All right. My guest today in the A-game podcast is Joshua Hines from Impact Home Team and the Lead Generation Underground. So he's a lead generation expert. Obviously, he's he's got some great content. If you guys want to check him out at all of his social media links, including his YouTube, are in the show notes. That's initially how I found him. He does a really great job of breaking things down and explaining things on a very uh, surface level without getting too complicated on it. And I thought he gave a lot of really great insight on what it was like to build up from a W2 job, work with his wife, get himself out of that nine to five, go full-time into real estate, who he has on his teams, what he uses to create leads, what his thoughts are behind the magic lists and what you should be doing and what you should be focusing on. Whether you have money for marketing, you don't have money for marketing, um, some of the mindset stuff, some of the emotional roller coasters, some of the ways to delegate and split up tasks. So for my real estate people, even for my entrepreneur people, business people in general, uh, whether you're new and experienced, it's going to be a great episode for you. He's got a great personality. He's got a martial arts background. So he checks all the boxes, and I've been wanting to get him on for a long time. Uh, big fan of Joshua. So check him out, Joshua Hines, Josh Hines, lead generation underground impact home team. Also, if you want to get into real estate, Contact me, Nick, at nicknicknick.com. is an email you can get me on. If you'd like me to be on your podcast or you have people that want to be on this one, podcast at nicknicknick.com. But most importantly, let's get you into some real estate. Whether you want to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or find a way to partner up whether you're a beginner, advanced, intermediate, go to nicknicknick.com slash link. You will see all the ways to subscribe to this podcast and find me on social media. Please do that on nicknicknick.com. You can see the ways to contact us as well and on nicknicknickcom slash pockets biggerpockets you can get our free ebook which gives you some things you need to pay attention to when the market moves and you can also get our free checklist on ways to bring value to your buyers whether you're a real estate wholesaler or you're a real estate agent this is a free checklist we put together um, as a thank you for bigger pockets for having us on and definitely check out that episode also sponsored in part by naked warrior recovery cbd in the affiliate links and if you're looking to get some loans For your real estate deals, go in nicknicknick.com slash links, and you will see under our affiliate section, a link to reach out to Marianne at Nationwide Business Capital Group. Tell her the A-Game podcast sent you over and you will get the red carpet treatment for your buy and hold, your fix and flips, your development deals, your bridge loans, your multifamilies, whatever your financial or credit situation is. If you want somebody who can be creative, Marianne is that person for you. So make sure you contact her and get that ball rolling. Tell her the A-Game podcast sent you over. And I appreciate everybody who's listened to this. Um, It's coming out July 5th. So I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. I hope everybody's relaxing, had a safe time, got to decompress a little bit. And again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe. Please check out the free checklist and please uh, follow us on social media. We got some more exciting stuff coming up. Thank you, Josh Hines. Thank you everybody for listening. A-game podcast, check it out. My guest today on the A-Game podcast is the founder of Impact Home Team Real Estate. He is one of Baltimore's top real estate investors. He's a real estate acquisitions and sales leader, buying over 100 plus flips and rentals per year at significant discounts. He also helps people achieve their investment or retirement goals with investing in real estate. He is the founder of the Lead Generation Underground podcast that can be found on YouTube and the Lead Gen Underground Facebook group, which is a ton of great content. He is a martial artist, a father, a husband, one of the best hairlines in the business. Give it up. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Mr. Josh Hines. Thank you so much for being on the A-Game podcast.
1: Hey, thanks so ha- thanks so much for having me. That's quite an introduction, right there. <laughs> thanks, man. Everybody says you
0: do good with the intro, but I guess the rest of the podcast, I just I go up in flames from there. It's the, that's always the highlight, you
1: know. <laughs> hey, let's hope not.
0: No, so man, I, I uh, we were talking a little bit before. I've been uh, trying to get you on for a while. I like everything you're doing. You know, for the people who aren't hundred uh, percent familiar with you yet. You're coming on stronger and stronger with your social media presence. The contact you're putting out on your podcast and your Facebook group now on Instagram is definitely catching a lot of attention. And I think you're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the near future. But can you give a quick 30,000 foot view of just a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that so much. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm 36. My birthday is in just a few days. Uh, My proudest moment is uh, I'm husband to Ashley and father of three kids. And they're just my whole entire life. And I do everything I do basically for legacy legacy is my big why, and a lot of people say family and things around legacy but you know legacy to mean to me means the things that I leave once I pass. uh, That are much beyond just the money right so a lot of the things that we want to leave in terms of legacy are the things that we teach our kids teaching them to be to be free thinkers teaching them that they can create their own path in life. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're mainly doing that through real estate right now. I've been in real estate for about six or seven years now, uh, quit my W2 job just about three years ago. Uh, and it all came from cold calling, um, started cold calling, you know, six, seven years ago. And I truthfully got lucky on a phone call. Um, did my first wholesale deal about a month in and, uh, made 25 grand and my wife came, knocking on the door one night when I'm cold calling and she says, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm, I'm calling right now. You know, what do you, what do you mean? And she said, no, I mean, with your job, what are you doing with that? And I said, you know, I'm going to work during the day and cold calling at night. And she said, well, you should quit your job. And I said, what you have, we have our second kid on the way. What are you talking about? And she said, well, you can pick up the phone and make 25 grand. I'm sure if you do it all day long, you could make more than 25 grand. And I said, well, that's a good point. And so I said, when do you want me to quit? And she said tomorrow. And I said tomorrow, And anyway, it took me about uh, a month and a half to quit after that, like to just work up the courage and really make sure we had a plan. Um, but ever since then I've been off to the races and, um, we were doing some flips for a while and then I got hundred percent in a wholesaling in the past few years. And now we're diversifying again. Um, but we've really grown the business a lot and it's mainly through lead generation on our own. Um, and honestly, man, for me, it's come, I don't want to say easy because it has not come easy. But it's the area that I studied a lot. I was listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of YouTube, and learning what people really do to find their own leads. Because it occurred to me that I didn't want to pay for a wholesaler's fee on every single deal. And really, that's how I got into wholesaling. Like I paid someone $26,000 for our second flip. And I thought, wait a minute, that guy is going to make just as much as we're going to, except he didn't have any of the work. And so that led me down the whole rabbit hole of lead generation. And so I have just put in a lot, a lot, a lot of hours studying it learning it. And then I have probably put in, you know, well over 10,000 hours now on cold calling myself on the dialer and talking to people. So that's just really the part that I've become good at. And um, that's just led me to where I am today. And, you know, this year we'll do well over hundred deals last year we did about 75 um, and it's getting better and better by the year. And right now I'm trying to build up my team um, and move into a few different markets. So uh, that's, that's the brief about me.
0: That's awesome, man. It's super impressive. You have so many different things, that I can dive into from there. So uh, I'll start with a couple of different pieces to pick off. One of them is, it's interesting what you said because there's people that will listen to that and they'll say, you paid somebody $26,000 to bring you a deal, and they don't see the value in what we do as wholesalers. And you know, I've, I recently had this discussion where we, we had a deal and then the knucklehead appraiser sent the contract that the buyer was buying it for that was selling, like it was kind of like a, a co-wholesale thing. And the people saw what was getting made on it from the original person. And all of a sudden now they had a problem with it. And they started to go like, well, you know, the guy's not really even doing anything. And I was like, well, hold on. Like there's teams, there's marketing, there's like how many knows, how much, how much went into that? Like you're, you really are the one who, like you didn't go find your own deal and they don't know how to do that. So I think you're buying your time back. And that's kind of what we do as wholesalers is allowing people to just take the property over and do what they do best as fixing them up what was your initial thought were you mad or did you try and renegotiate with the people when you saw how much money they were making
1: no i was i was never mad i was actually pretty impressed i, I th- really thought what the hell how did this guy make 26 grand and then it said assignment fee and it just i had a flashback um when i was probably 18 or 19 i, I paid a thousand dollars for some weekend course for real estate and the only things i really remembered were they talked about assignment of contracts and off-market properties. And so when I saw that 26 grand, I flashed back to that moment remembered that and said to my wife, who's a realtor, um, I said to her, we need to start finding some of these off-market properties. And she said, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. (laughs) And so I said, no, no, no. And so I started, you know, YouTubing stuff, Um, but I was impressed that, um, you know, they could make 26 grand on the purchase price that we paid because I still thought it was a good deal. But really, it was a lesson for me, right? I wasn't mad. It was a lesson for me, though, that taught me that, you know, I need to learn some other things. And so it just really kickstarted that journey for me. So, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today without, that, without paying that fee. But no, I was never mad. If someone gets mad about your fee after they've agreed to the price, you're dealing with the wrong person, right? It's the wrong mentality if someone's getting mad and trying to renegotiate because you're only talking about the end price. If it's a good deal at the end price for you, then it should be a good deal no matter what the wholesale fee is. Exactly.
0: You know, I was I was talking to somebody the other day about it, and they they mentioned something. I think we were talking about a a very similar premise. But I was like, "Hey, man, you don't want to pay twenty bucks for a pizza? Like, you can go get a cow. You can like have your own milk. You know, like you can you can do all that, or you could just go like That's what you're paying for is like the time out there. So, you know, I'm always I'm always inspired by it, not upset by it. But you also brought up something that is a huge huge thing that comes up constantly is the support of a spouse family member, business partner, loved one, friend, family, whatever it is. There's so many people that that becomes the biggest discussion I have, even more so when I was doing a lot more coaching. Most of my my calls weren't people using the hour to ask me about ARVs or marketing. It was like, you know, I'm fighting again with my wife. I'm fighting again with my husband. My family thinks I'm crazy. They don't believe in me. And you have the complete opposite problem. So what, what was that like? Were you surprised? Have you guys always had that trust in a relationship? And you know, cause that that's the exception to, to the rule. Most most spouses are gonna say, hang up the phone, go back to work, don't quit your job. And I mean, I think that that's an amazing story and says a lot about you as, as a couple.
1: Yeah, 100%. So we had started another company before this and then I had, I had to go and work my W2 job uh, still. It was never a full-time thing or a previous company. Um, but So we knew we wanted to work for ourselves, right? And so we had already kind of been primed for that. Um, but definitely having the support of my wife was huge. I know a lot of people get pushed back that way. Um, but to me, it's a sign that they weren't really aligned on their core values or what they really wanted before that. This is just like a new thing, right? Uh, but Ashley and I had known that we wanted to work for ourselves. Um, we knew some of the goals we had in life. And ultimately, to get there, we were going to be able to do it by working for other people on their schedules and requesting time off. You know what I mean? So we had to do it on our time. I think it was just, it just kind of peaked at that moment, but we were really aligned in terms of our goals and core values, which I think is super important for couples.
0: Did you have a history or a track record with her of being somebody who followed through with things? Cause I also do see that sometimes where it's like, look, he's, he signed up for everything. He's never followed through with anything. And, and I get that part of it, but it doesn't seem like there was any hesitation. So obviously she has a lot of trust and faith in you.
1: Well, yeah, definitely. I think, that, <laughs> I think that first phone call did it, right? The first wholesale deal that, that I did. Um, she wasn't even sure what an assignment of contract was uh, a couple months before that. And then when I magically pull one out of my hat, she's like, okay, wait a minute, there is something to this. So um, in terms of following through, I, you know, I think our previous business experience definitely helped with that just because we literally knew nothing about being entrepreneurs, knew nothing. And we recruited a developer to our team who became our partner. Uh, we ended up doing pretty well for ourselves. And we called our MBA, our real life MBA. Uh, I don't have an MBA, but we called it our real life MBA because it was such an experience for the better part of three years to go from just an idea to actually a launch product and having real customers. I knew nothing about being in business for myself before that. And it taught me so much. So I think it just kind of primed the pumps to get us on to the next thing, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's great, man. And another thing that I, I think is is interesting is sometimes working with somebody that you all obviously live with and have a relationship with can be sticky because you know you're spending a lot of time together. You're mixing those those boundaries, so it really has to work. I I enjoy it. Like I I like I've always been somebody who's trying to bring in friends and people I like because I want to spend more time with them. But one thing I'm guilty of is I'll cross those boundaries where I'll be going into something like I was at my business partners the other day. And I started talking about problems with smart dialer and cold calls and Podio. And she was like, we're at my daughter's 11th birthday party. She's like, could you, and I was like, sorry, sorry. I I went in the no fly zone again. Like, how do you guys work with that? Is there time? Cause you know how it is. You go to bed, you're rethinking your day. You don't even realize. And then you like vomit on your partner. And then she's like, I'm watching friends. Like, did you really have to do that now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't have, there's no hard and fast rules about times or anything like that. But last night it was probably after the kids went to bed, you know, we put the kids to bed by, you know, 9 o'clock. And then we have maybe an hour, maybe a half hour, hour before she wants to go to bed, right? And it was, I don't know, 9.30. And we're sitting out on our back balcony, just, you know, staring at the stars and having us time. And I'm like, you know, in the dispositions app, I just thought of this new thing today and blah, blah. And she's like, hold on, hold on. It's like 9.30 at night. Can you please stop? And I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's, we don't have any hard and fast rules. Um, she stops me more than I stop her in terms of, <laughs> uh, but really she doesn't seem to mind other than when she's like super tired. But I think, you know, the ideation and that whole creation process comes alive at interesting times. Um, we're pretty good at talking pretty early in the morning. Like we both get up pretty early and uh, it, sometimes it just flows out at 5:45 or 6 AM and she doesn't seem to have a problem with it. So we keep running. And, um, I think ultimately, uh, one of our superpowers together is, um, we, our personalities fit pretty well together, but we're able just to keep encouraging each other to punch the gas and to keep going. Right. We joked before, cause I it was not until about a year ago. I realized that both of us, um, well, neither of us uh, were risk averse. We were both just like pumping the gas and no one had their foot on the brake. Right. And so I realized, I thought I was the risk taker, but I realized she's even more of a risk taker than me. And so some of the times in the past where we should have pumped the brakes and said, hold up, let's just evaluate a little bit. um, Neither of us did. And so really just recently, I realized that I'm actually the brake. I need to be the one that pumps the brake a little bit and says, hold on, let's, let's step back here, but no, no real off boundaries. um, No real hard and fast rules at times we do or don't talk business.
0: I love that, man. That's a really interesting setup because generally if you have two people that are the gas in a relationship, it's not good. Just like you really need a little bit of both has having both of you push forward bit you at all that you've had to recognize. Like one of us needs to make sure we have a little cushioning on.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say we didn't really hit our stride until we realized that we each have unique talents and abilities in the business and to really um, step into that and let the other one handle the other part. So for instance, I used to handle everything from marketing all the way down to sales. So right, I would order the list and pull the list and clean the list and deploy the list. And then everything coming in, I would handle all those leads. But I realized that it was just way too much for one person to handle. I was covering 60% of all of it and I was doing none of it really well. Until I realized that she should be handling, she realized that she should be handling all the technology um, all of the marketing, and then all of the deployment of all of those lists out to our marketing channels, right? And then as soon as it comes back in as a lead, I can focus in on the sales process. And so that's what I've really gotten good at is the sales and the sales process and training our sales guys. Um, and so really, once we started focusing in on those core pieces in our business, we really started to hit our stride. So I would say, I, I don't know if we had anything really bite us in the butt over hitting the gas too much, like nothing really big. Um, but we really didn't hit our stride until we realized that we had those unique abilities and we should stick in our own lanes.
0: It's great self-awareness, man. You guys definitely see it. again. This is you know, two forces combining like that, that just hit that together. I, I think it's going to be amazing to watch because most people don't have that. So that, that's amazing. Appreciate um, it. Obviously you're lead generation on the ground. So it'd be silly for me to not talk to you about lead generation. Um, what are some of the strategies you guys are using right now? What, what types of lists, what type of marketing channels
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So, marketing channels, you know, I'm pretty much the same ones that everyone else is using, but right now it's uh, texting, cold calling, mail, PPC, SEO. Um, And one that I'm really trying to build up um, is referrals. So, I'm trying to build recurring referrals. And so, some of those for us in our industry are probate attorneys, title companies, hard money lenders, uh, people who run retirement homes. Um, those are some of the main ones. And so reaching out to, to those folks to build real relationships where I can bring value and then uh, they can bring value to me as well. So those are some of the channels that we're using. Um, in terms of lists, this is you know one of the most common questions. But think about this. I'll put it a little bit different. We're, we're pulling again, probably most of the same list that everyone else is pulling because I don't think there's any sort of secret list out there now. Uh, just everyone in the past two years yeah, I would say two years. In the past two years, things have really exploded, right? PropStream has gotten really big. Batch has gotten really big. Um, everyone found out about ListSource. Um, obviously, YouTube is really big and you can find out what other people are doing. So I don't think there's any secret list. I don't think there's any list that um, one person in your town is pulling and the rest aren't pulling. Other than the one maybe you have to go down to the courthouse and record by hand or something like that, right? And some of these little uh, backwoods kind of towns, little small towns. Um, but what I will tell you is, um, I think it's an interesting question because there are no secret lists. And even if you think you're hitting someone, if I'm mailing you because you're on pre-probate, um, you've probably already gotten a bunch of mailers. And it may not because you're on pre-probate. It may be because you've owned the property for five or more years. And maybe because you're older than you know, 50 years old, maybe because it's an absentee property. And so that person is still getting hit from numerous other angles, whether you know it or not. Right, So it could be on some super secret list that you have, but I guarantee you that person is still getting texts or cold callers or mail, or they're seeing ads. Right, So really when it comes down to it, it's about the initial message that you have. But then when you're able to connect with them, um, I think you have to have some sort of significant pattern interrupt. So when you call on the phone and connect with that person, you're not sounding like the other 99 people they've already spoken with. So if you're using the same script as them, if you're saying the same things, Then you're going to blend in, and you're probably going to get the same results as everyone else gets. So for me, the sales process on the phone, once we actually connect with that person, is the most important part. Everything else is just to get them to raise their hand and say, "Yes, I'd like to have a conversation." But once you get them on the phone, that's really where you have to be different uh, through a pattern interrupt or just standing out somehow.
0: I love that, man. I I think that that's great advice, and. There, there is that thought that people are going, I'm not successful because I just don't know like the right list to pull. So it's, it's exactly like you're saying, they're always looking for the secret sauce, but I think it, it's constantly trying to just take away from either the fact that you don't have to look at it yourself for something you're not doing or you're avoiding going to do whatever the real work is by constantly searching for whatever that, that shiny toy that silver bullet, that secret list is. But what you're talking about with YouTube is interesting to me too. And I, I was just having this conversation with Steve Trang. There's so much information. And there's a lot of like, I, I got completely guilty of it when COVID first happened, because I've been investing for over 15 years. So I invested through the last crash and had a lot of struggles. And like this one, I was like, what happens when, when, when I didn't have people to reach out to, I didn't have YouTube, I didn't have Facebook groups and masterminds. And now there's people there. So I was like, I'm going to get as educated as I possibly can this time. So I don't make any, any silly decisions or, or do something I shouldn't do. But there wound up being like every other hour long webinar was a very smart person with a lot of experience giving completely contradictory information of the one before, and it became even more frustrating. So I can see people who are starting out now and they're trying to use YouTube University to get involved in real estate. There is a lot of bad info and there's a lot of people that I don't think are showing the tough side of the business. So what's your opinion on where we are now with the, the plethora of places to get free information. And that's why there's so much competition. But I also think that all they want to do is show their girls and their Lamborghinis and their big checks. And they're not really showing about like, like what you did for years of getting hung up on and really figuring out these things. And I'm just not sure how many people are going to stay around. What's your opinion on it as a whole?
1: Well, that's a good point because uh, here's one thing. I used to, like many, many people, um, I thought that I could learn everything from YouTube and I would never have to pay for information (laughs) and that I could just replicate it. And the truth is you probably can right? If you just want to survive, if you just want to do, you know, maybe a couple of deals this month, and then maybe a couple more this time next year, you can probably get along with what you find on YouTube. But the truth of the matter is there's someone that's done it before you, right? And I think you get the most value out of modeling what other people have done. You just have to pick the right person. Um, and so, I mean, to me, that comes down to core values, right? You you become attracted to other people, um, from the things that they say. And I don't know about you, you mentioned self-awareness before. I'm very aware of how I feel when I talk to someone or how I feel when I'm around someone, right? And so I can sort of tap into um, the personality or the the level of attraction to that person, I will say, right? And I can tell pretty much if I wanna become closer to that person or I think I should learn more from that person. And so, you know, some of the courses that I've done and some of the people that I've learned from, right? And it's very much from from being attracted to their core values and hearing not just the surface level of what they say, but really how they live their life and really how they run their business, how they treat their employees, how they treat their customers. Right? Are they posting only big checks and Lamborghinis? Because if they are, that's not my kind of person. Right? All that kind of stuff is cool, but it's a byproduct. I don't want to see like just that. Um, but let me step back from YouTube because I used to think I could do it all myself, and. I really like, you know, I prided myself. I like gave myself a bump on the chest for being resourceful and finding for free on YouTube and then putting in action. And all that stuff's well and great. It really is. But one of the big leaps forward for me in my business and, and my wife and our business together was really getting into a mastermind because then um, you can start to follow a few people, right? But it's that a mastermind is fantastic. I'm talking about in-person mastermind, right? Like a real, real one, where you go and sit in a room with people for two or three days, and you kick around ideas. And I think that's just been the best concept, and it's been the best, um, the, the best investment for us, quite frankly, because it weeds out the pretenders. Right? If you're, oops, sorry about that. If you're paying, if you're paying a certain amount of money to be in the room, you know, over a thousand dollars a month, and you go quarterly, right? You're going to be super invested in that. You're going to take it super seriously what does that do to the other people that are in that room with you? Brings in other super serious people, right? Gets the pretenders out of the way. You know, anyone can, can puff up their chest and talk smack on Facebook and YouTube and all that kind of stuff right now. Um, but really when it comes down to it, um, you don't want to listen to those people that can't really walk the walk. They can just talk the talk, but can they walk the walk? And, you know, sitting in the room with other like-minded entrepreneurs who are the same step as me, or maybe a step or two steps ahead of us, has really played such an important role in our evolution and our learning. Um, So YouTube is fantastic. Taking action on some information you get is fantastic. I think that's how we connected from YouTube. So I'm grateful for YouTube. I've connected with a lot of people. I found a lot of great information on YouTube. But don't try to look at every video and try to figure it out mentally before you ever take action. Taking action is important and learning for yourself. Super, super important.
0: I think that's great advice, you know. We we were talking martial arts earlier. It's the same thing, you know. There's people who like, "Hey man, I I've, I've never really fought or rolled or trained, but I I watch UFC on YouTube all the time and it's like, yeah, but there's no substitution for actually like seeing how you react to getting punched in the face or actually having somebody resisting you, you know? Like it, there's a, there's a massive difference and you know, I've always said if you're already doing stuff, YouTube's a great place to go to look at things that might change or adjust or spark some sort of inspiration or different ideas but it can't be your foundation you know it's got to be the supplementing stuff there and you know i i think like you said masterminds was something i had on our list to talk about so i mean you you segued into it perfect but i i think you're part of investor fuel
1: i am yeah investor Fuel has been a a total game changer for us
0: cool I, i met um i don't know if he runs it anymore but i met stinson at uh John martinez's event and i've been talking to him a little bit but um you know I, i'm part of lee kearney's i'm part of tim bratz i was part of like rafael vargas i'm part of tiffany high like I, I i'm a huge believer in more training and masterminds and that leveling up I, th- I think is always important because what i've learned through martial arts as well is like you know you, you get a black belt and people that are starting out go well that's the goal and you get your black belt and you realize you're at the bottom of a huge shark tank now and you just you see how much more there is out there and i feel like that's kind of what happens to us in business is you learn like, okay, well, I want a wholesale. Well, I want to flip. Now I want to get the multi-units. And then there's just ways to do things better and better and better. And where do you go? Because if you want to stay as the the top of the food chain and have your ego being like the bet you're never going to grow. And that's how you get extinct. And I think masterminds are something that have come around over the last few years that the good ones are super, super valuable. You know, I can't, I can't, repeat how many times I talk to somebody and when I ask like what their biggest thing for growth is, they talk about, you know, a collective genius, investor fuel, like all these things. So what are some of the biggest takeaways you've gotten? Wait, what attracted you to masterminds? And because again, it's interesting to me being that you were a martial arts guy, a lot of people don't like to do those because they don't like the humility and the humbleness of going now and, and being a white belt in the room, which to me, is definitely uncomfortable, but it's where all the best things happen, where the growth happens is not having that ego and understanding. I'm going to walk into this room now and I'm used to being up here and now I have to start back doing it down here. And I just think a lot of people's egos won't let them do that. It's not really about the money. It's about
1: that, you know. It definitely, it definitely is. I mean, so uh, with Investor Fuel, we really decided to sign up because I only knew I'm here like North of Baltimore in Central Maryland. And I only knew couple handfuls of like real serious investors here right i mean we joined investor fuel cuz we knew only a few people here locally right and everybody's got these kind of people in their town or in their market but then there's all these fakers right that are sending out a few deals and you find out it's daisy chain and it's crap and it's the arv's way off or whatever and so i just felt like i had met the core of people really here that i i like maxed out right um my local connections and my learning from those people here locally. And I just knew that if I was gonna to get to the next level to really own this town in real estate or this region, or just be the best me, right? Um, that I was gonna to have to step outside of Maryland, outside of Baltimore. And so that just started the hunt for like, who well, who are the best people to be around? And Investor Fuel just felt like it would be a good fit because they say they're a family. And that's really what I feel like when I'm with those guys. Um, So just stepping into that room and just feeling that energy was just like nothing I've ever felt before. And it's probably not just investor fuel. There's other ones out there. Right. But I just love investor fuel and I'll give you a real life example. So I stepped in to the first one and it's a sizable investment. Like it, it, it frigging stretched us out of the gate. Right. We were like, oh, can we handle this? Can we afford this? And my wife said, I don't think we can afford not to truthfully. So we stretch ourselves probably a bit. Um, but I'll never forget the first one that we ever went to it was a little over two years ago now, and uh, man, like the biggest, there were a lot of gold nuggets there that were dropped, right? But the biggest one that we took, it was uh, so it was 2019, late 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. And they were like, "Are you guys texting yet?" And we're like, "Oh no, we're not texting." They're like, "You, you got to be texting. You got to be texting." Okay, so that was our big takeaway, right? And Ashley's like, "Okay, I'm going to implement this and I'll get into action." And so we went from that meeting home, had it implemented, two weeks later, she she was like really rolling like a week later, but two weeks later had our first contract out of it. And by the time we went back to the next investor fuel meeting, three months later, we had done two deals from it for a total of $42,000. So that one tip got us an extra $42,000 within that three months. And we, I mean, did not pay nearly $42,000 even for the first month or, second, or even the first year, right? So the ROI on that was just crazy. And every single one that we've gone back to, I've taken away a great tip that I've implemented in my business and it's really shifted. So every single time that we go there, I take away many things, but at least one big thing um, that shifted the business every single quarter, which is awesome.
0: If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate soon, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, Any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you wanna sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I love that, man. I saw you post a picture and you were like, hey, man, I'm spending the next couple of days in a room. There's guys in this room all over the country that are doing hundreds, if not thousands of deals. And I think going there and and hearing, again, just getting the the reassurance that people are going through the same things you're going through and and experiencing the same things and then seeing what's working and what people are adjusting and seeing all these huge accomplishments people are making and knowing like, hey, this is the same guy I met a year ago and look how much he's done in the last year. If he can do that, I can do that. And you know, it gives you that confidence and and makes you feel like you're not alone. And I think that that's an important part of growth.
1: Definitely. It's, It's really funny you say that too, because when you go there, like this past one, I'll be honest, I didn't have a great last month. My April really like sucked. And so I was feeling down. And like when I'm doing my presentation to talk about our business stats and KPIs, I just wasn't, I was feeling like, oh crap, man, I can't believe I gotta go talk about this. Well, I run in there and my first three buddies that I talked to, they're like, Man, I've never had such a bad month. Wasn't that goofy? And they weren't down about it. They were just like, Hey man, I've never had a month like that, but we're gonna bounce back. And so it just lightened the mood like right away, right? And then when you hear people's, everyone does like a hot seat presentation. So they're up there talking about their business and they're talking about what they've encountered in the past quarter since you've seen last, how many deals they've done, the cost of leads, and then their problem, right? Like their challenge. And you stand there and say, my challenge is this, like who can help me? And you really see that everybody's challenges boils down to like three or maybe four core things. That's all it is. So, and if you have that problem, half the room has had that problem before and can speak from experience on what they did to correct it, which is the the craziest thing because it just gives you perspective, right? Like you go up there and you're like, oh, I got this gigantic problem. How am I ever going to solve it? And then someone says something and bam, it seems it goes from this down to like, all you got to do is go home and talk to this person or hire this or do this and no problem, you're on your way. And so just for perspective, it's, it's just amazing that other people can help you like solve problems like that. In between this investor fuel, which was just two weeks ago and the one before, so like three weeks before, was the most I'd ever talked to know, all my people, all my investor fuel people in, um, in between meetings. And I think I talked to at least two different people every single week for the entire quarter, which was really cool because about half the time I was leaning on someone else for an issue. And half the time someone else was leaning on me for an issue. And I thought that was really, really cool. So I just, you know, for me, people were calling me and they're like, I'm having a problem cold calling. We've been calling. We're not getting any leads. What can I do? So I just break it down for me. Like, here's what, here's what you do. Here's the numbers you need to pay attention to. You need to talk to this person about this and I would do this. Right. And it just becomes simple. So it's just really cool to lean on other people who are going through similar things. You can reach out to them for help. They can reach out to you for help. It's just really this brotherhood, this camaraderie that is just, I've not experienced anything like that before, which is really, really cool.
0: That's awesome, man. I love that. And, you know, circling back to some of the things you were talking about for lead generation. I know a lot of people now, again, I was just talking to Steve, but are you guys, since your wife is on the, the listing side of it, she's an agent, are you, when you're talking to the cold callers
1: or, or the, the leads,
0: are you pitching them on like a cash offer, creative financing offer, and potentially taking a listing on that?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So Ashley doesn't take any of our own leads. She's not really doing anything retail. She enjoys the investment side so much more. And really what she does. So she's been a full-time mom for the past year and now she's stepping back into our business about half time and the marketing side's awesome for her in, in terms of fit, right? Because she can do it at late hours, she can do it early hours, she can come into the office still. So that's really good. But yeah, in terms of um, in terms of the exit strategies that we can utilize with our leads, that's one of the, the strong points that we have is that one, we're always going for a cash offer, right? So your wholesale deal right up front, if that doesn't work, we're going to some sort of terms if terms doesn't work then we'll go to retail so really trying to maximize every single lead you get and now that we're talking in what mid-may of 2021 it's like the hottest real estate market in a long time um there's a shortage of inventory right now which means what there's a shortage of deals out there and the same amount of investors but the the deals have been cut in way more than half i mean the number of deals that I see listed on the market are, are like 30% of what they were this time last year. And so really, if we're getting the same amount of leads or just a few more, you really have to maximize every single lead. And so that's what I've really been learning to do over the past couple of years. Um, you know, for the cash offer, that's been the easiest, but then really going into creative finance has been more of a challenge. And so I think we were talking a little bit before about you know some creative strategies. I think in the next few years, creative finance is going to be king because who knows what's going to happen with the real estate market, but people are always going to want to move. People are always going to be upside down on their mortgage. But as long as you can somehow uh, make that work with whatever exit strategy you use, I I think you're going to be king of your own hill.
0: I agree, man. I love that. And it's it's interesting because the creative finance, like the sub two stuff has been a, a standard part of my commercial business for a while. And for some reason, you just don't think about it when it's like, oh yeah, like I can do that on this house too. And I think the more tools you can have in your tool belt, like you said, you, you, you put the time into lead, you got them on the phone, you did the pattern interrupt. You might as well see what, what works for them. And that's a piece I wasn't really doing that I'm starting to learn again from masterminds and people that are around of like, oh yeah, there is this other option here. Cause they made it a law that you had to get your license. If you were going to wholesale in Illinois, it's the only reason I got it. And then accidentally I was like, oh wait, yeah, I, I am an agent. I guess I can, you know, so it's, it's, it's an interesting part there that I like, but um, you know, I have to separate some of that stuff. What, what are you guys doing for, I know you said you have a lot of different marketing channels, but in this exact climate right now, what types of returns or differences are you seeing for your inbound versus your outbound? Cause I, I've heard both. I mean, the inbound for me, the deals have been less, but the. The spreads of them have been outstanding. And then I, I talked to somebody else and they're like, yeah, man, all we did was inbound and our leads completely dried up. Everything for us is outbound. So it's interesting. Everybody you talk to in different parts, different, even in the same areas, are getting completely different results from doing completely the same thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I had, I'll allude back to a video I had on an episode on my show on the lead gen underground with my good friend, Jason Lewis, right? And I just asked him, I said, so for any beginning investor or even like, you know, amateur investor that's trying to to do more, what lead uh, generation strategies would you utilize first? And he said, well, first I would ask, is it a major market or is it a minor market? And I would define a major market as being able to take a direct flight to most other airports. It's a minor market if you're gonna to have to do a lot of layovers or you're a layover to town. And so he started talking about that kind of thing, which I thought was really interesting to segment that way. Um, and just depending on where you're at, it's always gonna be different depending on the population, depending on you know your median sales price, your, your lead costs, it's always gonna be different. But I have found inbound to be a lot hotter because they're calling you on their time. So no matter if, maybe if you send them a postcard and they're calling you back, I just dropped a bunch today, so I'll get a bunch of angry phone calls up front. But then like later this week, next week, you'll start to see the, lead, the real leads trickle in, right? They're calling you on their time. They're feeling you maybe when they, they're calling you maybe when they have some pain or just on their time, right? Versus when I hit them with a cold call, most cold calls are still going to cell phones. So they're picking up and maybe they're driving and you know, you're chasing them down for a little while. Um, so the inbound are definitely hotter, but the inbound are also way more expensive. And so one of our best channels has been Google pay-per-click um, definitely more expensive than a cold call lead. Um, but we're closing from uh, PPC, we're closing like one in 14 leads um, versus cold calling. We're closing about one in 36 leads. So just the time um, to get that amount of leads um, is way different. Uh, but you know, for us inbound is way hotter. When I first started, I couldn't afford PPC or direct mail really. You know, just dropping five grand on some postcards was absolutely frightening to me. So really, that's why I started with cold calling, because you can look, you can pick up your iPhone nowadays and just go at it. Right. You can pull a list for with a prop stream or a bash subscription. Right. So it's like seventy nine ninety nine bucks. You can pull a bunch of leads or prospects from there and start dialing them. And so really, that's why I think it's a good place to start. That's why I started there outbound. Um, each has their own strengths and weaknesses, but if you're starting out and you don't have much of a budget, I would definitely recommend starting with some outbound stuff. If it at least fits your personality profile, not everyone's going to be up for cold calling. Um, but if you're the type that doesn't mind talking to people or one of the crazy ones that likes talking to people <laughs> on the phone, you should probably start with cold calling. Right. And not to mention, most people are absolutely frightened to pick up the phone and call a random stranger and talk to them about their house. So it's kind of a barrier to entry, right? If You can do it well and no one else can. You got a barrier to entry that is uh helping you and probably hurting your competition
0: i love that man and you triggered a couple of really good points there one of them being so you said you, you pop out the direct mail and the initial wave is just people calling you to tell you to f off where are you directing those calls are those going to you to a closure to a cold caller do you have somebody pre-screen that because i keep going back and forth on that personally
1: yeah Well, I I think a lot of people go back and forth with it, but those for us go to a call center. We closely monitor it. So as as soon as the phone rings, I get a notification for direct mail, even though it's never ringing to my phone. Um, So I know one's coming in and I can check it immediately and always call that person right back. But it really helps you focus in on the ones that are interested, right? Out of direct mail, I don't know everyone else's experience, but probably three and four, three and five are like, no, remove me from your list. And that's okay. It used to discourage me so much. I'm like, why would I send direct mail? Everyone hates it. (laughs) But really, if you spend five grand on, you know, a a direct mail piece and send out a bunch of postcards, you're looking for that one, that one possible deal that will make more than your return on the whole possible spend, right? So you're not looking to try to turn every single one into a deal. You're just looking to find that one deal that's in that pile. So um, yeah, I mean, right now we're going inbound to call center and then we'll call them right back. But I know everyone else does it completely different. My buddy Todd Swaggerty that owns Yellow Letter HQ um, absolutely recommends taking them live yourself. But you know, personally, I just know it would stretch me even more than I am right now. So uh, the quality and the consistency for us is going to be better for going to a call center.
0: Fair enough, man. Different things. I'm in the same boat as you. It's just at some point I was like, there'll be a time where maybe I could pick these up or I can have my guy pick them up. But for right now send them back to the, to the call center, have them get a pulse. They can yell at them. And if they don't, then send them my way, you know, we'll get them from there. But what is your, what does your team look like now? Like as far as uh, acquisitions, dispositions, who do you have doing what roles?
1: Sure. That's good. Um, so actually my team right now is pretty small. I just let go of a few people in the last few months. Um, honestly, they just didn't fit our core values. And it's, it's really, I used to always wonder when people were talking about hiring, some of the best in the business, like Gary Harper with Sharper, um, Sharper Solutions um, is, is always talked about hiring based on core values, not hiring based on just their capability. And it used to confuse me a little bit. And I thought, well, if they can do the job, why do they even care about core values? But at the end of the day, um, when someone's a part of your team and trying to accomplish the same mission and the same goals, Core values are super important because you're going to spend a lot of time with that person. And if you guys disagree on some things that are super important to you as the company owner or even a manager, if you're completely just disagreeing on core values, you're never going to go the long haul with that person, right? So with that being said, I mean, I have myself in acquisitions. I have one follow-up specialist in the office. I did have another closer and I did have a dispositions guy here in the office. um, And then my wife runs marketing. Um, And then we have, I think we have nine virtual assistants right now. So a couple cold callers, a couple follow-up specialists, a dedicated SMS specialist, um, social media editor, a marketing assistant. um, And I think there's one more in there. But yeah, I mean, for us right now in the office, there's only three of us here in the office. Definitely looking to hire two acquisitions people here in the next few months, as well as a dispositions person.
0: That's awesome, man. I and mean, your dispositions is really interesting to me, too, because I know you've talked about that you sell a lot of properties, uh, cash flow properties, I think, specifically, not only to buyers all over the country, but all over the world. How, yeah. did, how did that come about? How are you finding your, your buyers, especially internationally?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's good stuff right there. So my site for dispositions is cashflowinbaltimore.com. So if you're looking for any properties, cashflowinbaltimore.com. But really, it was like kind of an accident. Um, and it was really... Um, uh, more bad marketing than anything else. And so we really were marketing to people we probably shouldn't have been. And in in, in Baltimore, you know, it it probably gets a bad rap around other parts of the country. Um, But there's whole blocks here that are boarded up or vacant. There's whole zip codes where the after repair value doesn't exceed $100,000. But people still live there, right? There's Section 8 tenants, there's renters. So even though these properties may not be worth $100,000 after you fix them up, if they're paying you $1,000 a month and you can acquire for $34,000, does that matter to you? No, not when you look at the return. So just stepping back and looking at the numbers, right? Versus wholesaling something that's only gonna be a flip, stepping back and actually looking at that return on investment and realizing someone could invest 34, $44,000 and get a return of X. You just have to, people are already buying that. You just have to step back and find those people right? So I was just looking at people who were already buying those properties. And really, when it comes to a niche product like that in a smaller city like Baltimore, you're only going to have a handful or maybe two handfuls of big players that suck up all those deals. And so really, you just have to connect with those big players, find out exactly what their buy box is. And then anytime you have a deal, take it to them. So I mean, a lot of the international buyers, I'm not direct to them, to be honest, I'm working with another JV partner, who specializes in bringing the international buyers? I bring the deal, he brings the buyers. We team up, right? So that's pretty much what that looks like. But Baltimore is a is a great town for cash flow, and passive returns. If you're not in Baltimore and you want that kind of return,
0: that's awesome, man. You know, it, it was interesting. I I sold a couple of properties accidentally to international people, and I remember one of them they paid in like pounds or something like that. And then there was like an exchange. It was like a weird thing that I was like, wow, these are problems I never thought. I was going to have to work there, but uh, it is cool. And I made a cool story later on. Um, so you talked you talked a little bit about training teams and coaching. And before, when you and I were were getting on, before we started recording, I did mention that the reason you stuck out is because you did such a great job in your YouTube video explaining the process that I've heard explained tons of times, but not quite like that. There was something about the way you broke it down and the simplistic of it and and just your tone and the way you delivered the message that really stuck out to me. And, and you said it was something you enjoyed and, and that kind of made it click that I was like, maybe that's why, you know, because you actually do enjoy doing it. So you talked about how you have started taking on some coaching clients and, and mentoring them and it's something you're really proud of and you really believe in and you're really enjoying doing. Talk a little bit more about that because I, I have to say, I do think you have a talent for it.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Um, I realized a while ago that i have not just in real estate, but um, I have, um, it's probably one of my superpowers Um, where I can take information in and break it down in a different way than has been done before. Pretty simplistic and really connect the pieces for people to see how it's relevant outside of just that little thing, right? So I think probably one of the videos we were talking about was something to do with lists and then deploying it. Um, And I don't know, I'm just able to take in some information and really break it down in a different way. I enjoy doing that Um, because when I can't get something, I just get obsessed over it. And I think (laughs) who has done it before and I find out who's done it well. Let me get into it and let me see, you know, what I got going on there, and I'll find a solution for it, right? So me just really going hard at something and really just trying to push through that problem. And then when I have the breakthrough, um, just being able to break it down for everyone else is really like a pleasure of mine. Just like me figuring out a problem and then be like, "All right, guys, here's what it is." Instead of doing, we don't need this whole complicated process. We can do it this way. I was super proud I did it um, yeah, a couple of years back before batch really became a thing. So that's like our whole database for organization now, right? Before that became a thing, every, all your lists are in Excel spreadsheets, right? And then you're storing them and it's just madness. And I thought of, instead of doing this whole, I was like, I'm doing this whole probate list like once a week and it just, it's, it's mindless. And then I could pay my VA, but then they're spending their whole day doing it when there's other things to do. And I thought, wait a minute, I thought someone could do a bot to do this, right? To format it. And I found someone on Fiverr to create like a bot. And then when I told other people, they thought it was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. (laughs) It was really there for everyone else too, right? Like all you had to do is go to Fiverr and hire the guy to do a bot for like 40 bucks. It wasn't that hard, right? So I don't know. I just enjoy novel solutions to to other people's problems that are out there. In terms of like coaching and stuff, I guess I kind of take that same solution. I'd really try to like simplify things and make them easy to like look at. Um, But, you know, honestly, I'm pretty good at what I do. Um, but I think I'm probably even a better coach than I am a player, right? I was I was a pretty decent athlete. I'm an athletic person. I do like CrossFit now. I've played volleyball and did martial arts for a long time and became a second degree black belt, but I was never, ever, ever the best player, the best martial artist in the room by far. I was like the above average guy who really had to bust my ass to like break through, right? And I think that teaches you some lessons. The people that just have that super talent and don't have to do anything for it. The person who gets straight A's and doesn't even have to study, they're not really like learning anything from that. Versus the person who is like a B or C student but can break through into those A's if you you know you study your butt off. That's always been me, right? And so I, I don't know. I've just enjoyed becoming now a coach for other people and letting and, and trying to help break down those the really big problems and shrink those problems down like you got this, man. It's not that big of a problem. I've been there before. It, it only takes this and you can suddenly like shrink that problem. I've enjoyed that whole process with coaching with people. I've really enjoyed um, getting people their first deals or their second or third deals because uh, they realize it wasn't as hard as I made it out to be. So I don't know, there's something just, I think a lot of us have it in us where you get a lot of satisfaction. You get a lot of um, personal growth, even from helping other people break through their barriers. So yeah, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed coaching in the past, like six months to a year. And it's something I'm going to expand on a little bit more if I can, you know, fit into my schedule a little bit more and grow my team.
0: That's awesome, man. I know, I think you just recently did a, an event, right? It was like May, May 11th or something like that. One of them just passed.
1: No, no, no I'm getting together a coaching group now. Okay. Now, cool. I wasn't awesome. an event. I'm getting together a coaching group right now.
0: Nice. Where can people find out more about that if they want to get involved?
1: Uh, inside my group, the lead gen underground on Facebook. So just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the lead gen underground.
0: Okay. Awesome, man. So speaking of uh, lead gen underground, you have that great Facebook group. You also have your lead generation underground podcast, which has got a ton of really great info and really great guests. And I've been seeing the stuff that you're now, you've been pushing a lot more clips out on social media, especially on Instagram. that has been really, really good. So congrats on that. Um, one of my questions I always like to ask is like the story I tell is, I had Jordan Harbinger on my show and, and he had Kobe Bryant on his and I was never a Kobe Bryant fan. And I listened to the episode because of how he told me he got the interview that I was like, I don't right, listen to it cause he worked his butt off, it was cool. And my perception of who he was and, and how he thought and how he was completely different. And it made me a complete fan of him. I was like, I, after hearing this guy talk for 20 minutes I completely understand why he's where he is in life. And I was like, I'm a fan. Was there anybody that you've had on your show that has done that for you that's maybe changed your perception or completely inspired you in a different way that you didn't expect
1: hmm. that's a really good question um i don't know of anyone off the top of my head because i haven't had like super famous people right i've had like truthfully i've had friends and people that i look up to and that i've already known are pretty good at what they do um well i'll tell you one that you know josh and tiffany hi i've had them yeah. show, and i was just so blown away by like how much they knew i had them on again and then um, several people, like they were plugging their event and I had several people from that were watching live go to the event and they just were raving about how great it was. So I actually went to the event as well. Um, so I, I mean, that's one right there. They they definitely inspired me to, to do more than I'm doing now. Um, and then I'll go back to my buddy, Jason Lewis, um, who is in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, just a terrific dude. And I think real estate is, is such an interesting space, particularly what we do as real estate investors and wholesalers, because you're going to find people that are pretty similar to you that um, have, they're just like kind of the pioneer spirit, right? They want to go out on their own. They may not make more money than their W-2 job, but at least they're on their own. They're controlling their schedule. And let's be honest, most of the time, they figure out a way to make way more money than they did before. or will they wouldn't stick around. But they have that like pioneer spirit, right? And it's a mix of like hustle and smarts. Jason Lewis is one of these dudes that's just like insanely smart. And I don't know how he's like fits in with the rest of us in real estate, mm-hmm. but just insanely smart. And he's really scaled his team from, I think he's only been on his own for three years now and doing multi, multi, multi millions now a year in Salt Lake City and he's grown his team to like over 30 people. Um, and so he, he had a completely different take on building a business in our industry than I did and than most others have um so i've definitely started i've built up a friendship with him he's an investor fuel and started talking with him more and he's definitely inspired me to look at the business a different way look at growth a different way hire a different way
0: that's awesome man that's great and shout out to josh and tiffany i'm part of their group um they've helped me out a lot they got great stuff good people and absolutely killing it i think they're The last thing she posted, they had like 800 grand in the queue to to sell and they were pulling in over 200 grand a month. So they're absolute rock stars and good people and they've been awesome for me too. So shout out to them. Ever wanted to play the drums or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real Mackenzies. Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world, and he's also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word DRUMMER, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833. 632-0585. Again, text the word drummer. D-R-U-M-M-E-R to the number 833 632 585 for your free online drum lesson. Um, I know you're you're a little tight on time, so I don't want to take up too much of it, but I like to call this the victory lab if you have like another five, ten minutes.
1: Absolutely, man. Keep going. Okay,
0: cool. All right. So the first question: what is one of your favorite books?
1: Uh, one of my favorite books. Um, Think and Girl Rich is probably my all-time favorite. I've read it a couple of times now and it's been really, really good. Um, the lean startup was instrumental for us in our first business. And so that was really, really good. If you have an idea and you wanna turn into a business, it teaches you the right steps to take. Um, rather than go out and hiring a developer, building a product, then trying to sell it, you go to the market first and say, hey, I got this little widget. What do you think about this? And get that, gather that feedback, right? and Build that feedback cycle, that feedback loop. Um, what's another one good that I've read lately? I'm right, right now I'm reading who not how and that's a terrific book. Um, so if you haven't read that, it's also a really good one.
0: Cool, awesome, man. I never heard of the second one, but those other two are, are really popular with entrepreneurs in general. They come up a lot. Do you have a, a favorite quote?
1: A favorite quote? Hmm, I have several. Um,
0: I'll say one of your favorite quotes then, so I don't have to put you on the spot
1: for, for, a, for a favorite choice. Um, I'm struggling to recall it and I don't want to bastardize it. Um, come back to that one. I don't want to bastardize
0: it. No problem. You can record it and send it back later on if you want it. That happens a lot. People are like, you should have told me ahead of time. I'm like, we'll edit it. We'll redo it later on. Don't worry. Cool. So knowing what you know now about life and business, what would you tell a younger Josh Hines if he came to you and asked you for advice today?
1: Uh, put your ego aside. And find out the person that has done what you want to do everything's already been done the quickest path to getting to where you want to go is modeling the successful person so you don't have to try to figure out every step yourself just for the pride of doing it Um, look out and find the person that you want to become and lean into that person provide them value and most of the time they're happy to help you out
0: i think that that's great advice man that's awesome what would you say to somebody right now that has an unsupportive family member, spouse, business, business partner to help make them feel better or get them on? But what would just be advice for somebody in that
1: situation? Um, so if they have an unsupportive spouse, I would say you really need to step back um, and you got to get good at kind of tearing back the layers of ego, right? And maybe any other complications and, and kind of layers like that with your spouse, just sit down and really have a heart to heart. But really, I think when it comes down to it, if you can align in your vision for where you wanna go, which ultimately will be paved with the goals that you wanna hit, but really like the big vision, right? 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, where do you wanna go? Where do you wanna be? Um, If you can align on that with your spouse, if they're in some sort of semi-agreement at least, then I think you can work everything else out. But the vision's really important. Goal setting together is really important. And then really like core values, I think are super, super important. If you're a spouse, you most likely already have some core values that overlap, but really always talking about those things that are super important to you um, is definitely going to help the communication. So to be really aligned at a a core level. If you're misinterpreting things that start at the core level, which are core values or your vision or your goals for each other, then everything else is going to get confused as well. So really just try to simplify and minimize and talk about the core issues at hand, maybe where you're not agreeing and try to see eye to eye there.
0: Awesome, man. I love that. That's great advice. Last two couple quick questions. Um, how has martial arts helped you in life and business?
1: Oh, Martial arts is you think of martial arts and you think of the physical, right? You think of the kicks and the punches and the grapples and the holds and the techniques, but really martial arts is at least 51% mental and values, the things that it teaches you. Um, the discipline. Um, I only did jujitsu for a little while, but jujitsu is one thing that I think about a lot because no matter what problem you get into in jujitsu, no matter what hold someone gets you in, no matter what technique they use, there's at least three or four or five different things in ways you can get out of it, counter it, or reverse it, right? The same is true in life. Most people feel backed into a corner sometimes, but you don't realize that because this one thing happened to you, there's so many other ways now that you can pivot and get out of that, right? Um, but at its core, martial arts taught me a lot about discipline, respect, um, getting along with other people, right? Because it's so much about respect. If you're in a room with a bunch of other badasses, um, people that can punch you in the face, people that can hurt you and you can hurt them, right? You better respect them when it comes down to it. And it's funny because in a martial arts dojo, Um, at least in my experience, there's very little disagreements because people do respect each other in that manner. And so when you can take that from inside the dojo and then take it out outward into the real world, teaches you a lot. But martial arts is just way more mental, way more about the things that it teaches you than it is about the actual like physical part of it. I'm just so thankful for my martial arts career and background and it, it taught me so much in life, but just starting really with values, respect, really.
0: I think it's, I, man, I think the exact same way. A lot of that stuff, stuff I've echoed on this a bunch of times too. I, I think what you said is so important about having your back up against the wall and being able to stop and say, all right, I'm in a bad spot right now. How do I get out? Instead of just going, I'm, I'm going to go do something easier. This is scary. I don't like that anymore. It teaches you really to breathe and problem solve and stay calm and like, look for solutions, which I think is the key to business is like when things are tough and you're having bad days and things suck, how do you get out of it how do you find a way around it and, and you know like you said even um we had like the matt sarah team barbecue and, and i was inviting some of my friends earlier in the earlier days and they're like oh i don't i don't want to go to the barbecue with a bunch of ufc fighters and like jiu-jitsu black belts like i don't feel like getting in a fight and i was like you have basically way more of a shot of getting in a fight it's the safest place you could put po- the least confrontation the least ego is like everybody there knows like okay matt's the big big d in the room you know what i mean like there's no there's so much mutual respect and it's like the last thing i was like the guys that fight for a living do you think that that's what they want to do on their off time when they're there with their kids having a watermelon contest they're not thinking about beating you up you know what i mean like
1: yeah, definitely.
0: it's crazy but it's almost like a mastermind you know it's like the same type of thing like ego gets checked at the door and everybody helps each other and respects each other
1: yeah absolutely let me step back to quote really quick because I thought of one when you were talking about that. And I, um, when we were talking about jujitsu and ways to get out of things, right? Tony Robbins says, Life doesn't happen to you, life happens for you. And once that's, that was the quote, and right, and once you realize that, it, it just changes your perspective because a lot of people, especially nowadays, and you know you know it people want to be a victim. Maybe they don't want to be a victim, but they claim to be a victim. And everything that happens to them was because of some other foreign person or entity or reason, right? But really like owning that and thinking life is happening for me. What can I do? I can stop and think. I can stop and reason. I can stop and talk to someone else, but really find my way out of it. And if you view life that way, life is happening for me, not to me, it's just going to change your perspective on things. So Tony Robbins has been a great influence in my life. And that quote has really been one that I've tried to live by.
0: That's a great quote, man. I love that. Absolutely. Um, last thing here, obviously, how to talk about how people find you. How do they find your podcast? How do they work with you if they want to be a coach? How do they buy properties from you? Any any, and all ways to connect with Josh?
1: Uh, sure, absolutely. Uh, you find me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Instagram is Josh with Impact. Um, connect with me on my Facebook group, The Lead Gen Underground, I gave the address before, um, or go find me on YouTube as well. Um, some of that stuff is mirrored across channels. Some is unique, obviously, to each channel. Um, but yeah, I'm having fun on each one, putting some content out there. Um, and really, I've been really influenced by some friends who are showing, I don't say the dark side, but the hard side of the business, right? When shit just goes wrong and Typically for me, that's when I crawl back in my hole and stop posting. If I'm having like a bad month or something like that, I'm normally a very positive person. Always have a smile on my face and try to bring the energy. But you know, for me, if I'm not, if things aren't going like I want, I just kind of like shut out the outside world and pound the phones and try to find another deal. Um, and so you know, I'm going to try to start sharing you know some of the realer things because those have been some of the things that have influenced me a lot. Some of the things that have made me feel. Uh, better about myself because I don't know why it's the reaction, but whenever something is bad is happening, you know, in your world, you think, oh man, if only such and such knew about this, I'd be so embarrassed. You know, I'm the only <laughs> one. And the truth is it's not just you. Everyone's gone through the same problems that you're you're facing, likely, right? So I mean, being real and sharing some of that, some of the the darker things or the bad things have influenced me a lot. So I'm gonna start sharing some of those on my channel besides, you know, some of the wins. So um, yeah, follow me on Instagram or YouTube or find my group on Facebook.
0: Awesome, man. And for anybody listening, I will have the show notes. You can just go on there and there'll be clickable links for every and all ways to find you. But touching on what you just said, man, I think that there's a huge value to that. Knowing that you're not alone is huge. Cause there, I mean, there's times that you think you're on an island by yourself. I must be the only one not making money this month. I must be the only one not having that's having trouble my acquisitions, guys. And I literally jumped on a call with somebody in one of my masterminds And we kind of were like, we never really talked before, but you know, we see each other online all the time. And we jumped on and it turned into us finally opening up of like, man, here's where I'm having trouble. And he's like, here's where I'm, it turned out we're having the same exact problem with the same exact system, with the same exact rep. Like, what are the odds of that? I was like, it's this guy I work with. And it came down to like, What's his name? He's like, this is, I'm like, that's my guy. Like, this is, and so we were like, we found the problem. But if we never opened up and talked about that, and he was like, man, I just feel like because I have to keep, you know, doing damage control with this guy, I'm not getting this. And I'm like, that's me. And like, it was almost like, did we become best friends? So there's, it's, again, not that you're happy. Somebody else is feeling that, but it allows you, okay, let's talk about this more. Let's connect. Let's see how we can find our ways out of this. And it kind of just takes some of that off and lets you know that you're going through the same struggles as anybody else. And there's ways to get through it and people you can communicate with. So. I think there's huge value and I appreciate that you are willing to do that, man. Cause that goes a long way. I'll be watching. I'll try and do the same thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a weird, it's weird. It's not, you're happy to see other people having the same problem. But like <laughs> you open up to someone else. Like when I went to invest with you and I was like, oh man, I had the shittiest month and the other guy's like, ah, me too. I, I've never had one of my friends that does a lot of deals said, I've never had a month where I didn't do a deal except for last month. I didn't do a single deal. And I was like, holy shit. It didn't make me feel better but it almost made me feel better, right? <laughs> yeah. It's weird how you can like kind of bond over that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's really important to, to find people that have common interests that are maybe in the same place or a step ahead or step behind from you because you can really start to kick it and you can really start to squash big problems like really, really quickly. So just dropping that ego or checking it out the door and, and being able to be real with at least someone in your life is huge. It'll be huge for everyone's development.
0: I love it, man. Dude, you're, you're a stud. I like everything you're doing. You're, you're, you're very real. You're very approachable. You got a, a great, great energy about you. And I appreciate you doing this. You definitely bring your A-game to everything you do. You fit this bill for this podcast. Excellent. So thank you for coming on. Is there any, uh, any final thoughts before I let you go?
1: Man, just keeping uh, having on some great guests and delivering value because uh, I know your audience is getting a lot of a lot of value from the people that you've talked to before. Um, and just keep you delivering you, I hope you keep delivering value and, uh, I'll I'll keep trying to do it on my, on my platforms as well. Um, but I mean, you know, let's think about really quick, you know, we're in 2021 and last year was largely doom and gloom from so many people out there. Right. I would say to everyone out there, if you want to have a better life, if you want to immediately be happier, if you want to immediately, um, move your life forward, honestly, turn off your TV. Turn off your TV, read a book, write down some goals. If you don't have goals for your life, immediately write down something. It doesn't matter if it's big or small, something that you've always wanted to do. Just write down some goals. They're not real until you write them down. So write down some goals, turn off your TV, at least for a week. And I guarantee you it will make you happier. Your brain starts functioning in different ways and you'll be a different person. So um, turn off your TV, read a book and write down your goals will be my final message to your audience. That's
0: gonna be my takeaway, man. I'm taking a week off the TV and I'm gonna do exactly that, man. I very much appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure. Josh Hines, ladies and gentlemen.